Blog Talk Radio. Well, Dad, we're here on a Saturday instead of a Friday, but it works because you got a great uh, you got a great story or a great message from God and <laughs> and the Bible, right? It's, I mean, how cool is that? Um, so, anyway, I'm glad you're here. And what are we talking about today? I'm excited about it because it's something that I don't know a lot about. Not that I know a lot about anything, but I know a little bit sometimes. It's all good. So. What are we talking about, Dad? We were, we were talking about Purim. What is Purim? Uh, I, I'm here with a Jewish family. Uh, well, they're not here now. They just left. So I asked them a question. I said, uh, do you celebrate Purim? They said, no, I call it Purim. But uh, it, it's really pronounced by the end as Purim. I said, do you celebrate Purim? They I mean, uh, and he said, uh, well, you know, it's a time of, like Halloween. No, I had my daughter. She's on the phone now. And my daughter, I said, you ever heard of Purim? She said, oh, yeah, that's Halloween. I said, where did you get that from? She said, well, I'm, I'm with a Jewish family, and he told me that it was Purim was Halloween, like Halloween. But it isn't. I want you to understand Purim is a, word that is celebrated by the Jews worldwide. It's like our Christmas, like our 4th of July. It's a world, not 4th of July, it's a Christmas. Because Jews from all continents celebrate Purim. What is Purim? Purim was a time that God intervened in the Jewish tradition to protect the Jews. God did that? Yep, God did it. But you must realize that Purim, state of being. Do you realize that in the 66 books uh, that we have, we call it 66, Catholics call it about 68, 69, but let's say with 66 books, it is the only book, only book in the Bible that God is not mentioned you know that? God is not mentioned in the book about God. In the 66 books, God is not mentioned. Why? I'm not sure why, but let's say this. That God intervenes in our lives. I hope he intervenes in your life. And we we go through life, and we know that God is real. God is absolutely real, but... Do we see him? Nope. Do we have testified to him? We hope so. We hope you do. But God isn't mentioned in the book of Esther, which is where Purim is found. But I asked myself, I said, why is that not, why, why, why is not God mentioned? The essence of God is shown in Purim, our book of Esther. The essence of God. He didn't crave across those seas. He didn't blink out the Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't do anything like this specific times. But the essence of God being the overall view of God is mentioned, not mentioned, but is found in Esther or Purim. Purim is a time that God did not intervene directly to uh, save them. But it was a time that he, in the essence of God, everything was brought into lessons, and everything was brought into focus 
by God, the essence of God. That's what we serve today, the essence of God. You don't see God. Uh, maybe some people do, but I don't. I haven't seen God. But I feel God. It's like the wind. I see Him in his, in the wind that He in the wind like that comes up. I feel Him. I feel His presence. And all this is the essence of God. And Purim was the essence of God found everywhere. So let's begin. So what is Purim? It's a scroll of Esther that she was involved at that time. Now, who is Esther? Esther was a cousin of Mordecai. Well, who the heck is Mordecai? She's a Jewish girl, beautiful, beautiful, without question, beautiful. And she was taken in by the king, which is, it's hard to pronounce his name, is Aka Ivash. The Persian king, and he was a he was the world's most richest, powerful individual at that time. We don't have that kind of power here on earth now, but remember that he was a partner, He was a Persian king. He was running power, and it's given power. And we worship. They worshipped him. They ruled. He ruled them with, with without. Expression. He just ruled him. He was married to Vesta, which is the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar, the powerful world ruler. So this line of power was evolved, and the Jews are in the in the subjection to them because they're all captured by them, and all and he was is ruled by them, but ruled by them by that fact that he and his people. And his throne and his wealth and his power ruled all the Jewish provinces, all the Jewish people, all over the world, the known world at that time. So this guy was extremely powerful. He married a girl named Vesta, who was a granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. Well, you know, Nebuchadnezzar was a powerful, powerful world ruler. And his granddaughter married the king of Persia at that time. That made him even more powerful. And uh, as as we look at Esther, we look at we see the we we look at Esther, we see the throne of of, uh, of this king and his rule and his reign, and and it was powerful and it was wonderful. Jews were uh, kind of comfortable with that thing because they were being taken care of. They were being ruled and slavery wise, but they were being taken care of. And uh, uh, Verosh went to the uh, kingdom of Jews, took Solomon's throne, took all the rubies and crowns and thorns and rubies and sapphires and emeralds and diamonds and precious stones. And he made himself even greater than, than, than we know known him to be. Remember that King Solomon inherited this throne. From who? King David, my hero. But a man of man of sin, and yet man that loved God, is the only man that God said, he's the man after my own heart. Now, that's David, King David. A simple boy that ruled and reigned and made himself wonderful. He was always acknowledged to God as 
My God, my God, I love you so much. Oh, God, thank you very much. And God, he was always thankful to God and wrote about God. Well, King Solomon's throne came into power from David, and he had the most wonderful throne that any king had ever set upon. It was fashioned with ivory and covered with gold and set in rubies and sapphires and emeralds and other precious stones. Well, so far, let's go on with Purim. That was the king of Persia set upon a throne like that. He ruled the world, and he was he was impressed, more impressed. He was more impressed when he married Vesta, which is a granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. See, there's a rule, the, the way they ruled. They ruled, they ruled in uh, kind of a, a, a circumstance of power. And that's where the Jews were kept at that time, the rule of the uh, Persians. Well, anyway, in the book of Esther, it shows uh, the king of Persia felt secure and powerful so that he did not hesitate to adorn his table with the precious and sacred vessels of the Holy Temple. He came from, he went into the Holy Temple because he was led there by accident. The Jewish people talked to him, told him about all these things in the temple. So he just went and brought it all back to Persia. And uh, he was married to Vesta, which is a royal granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. It was all power. The world was this one powerful entity ruled by the Persian government. And Vesta was an evil, evil, evil queen. She's vicious hatred toward the Jews. Why is it everybody hates the Jews? Because of the essence of God. They're God's holy people. They're even, they're God's holy people now. Remember that the Jews were at the great tribulation. It's more of a Jewish thing than anything else. The Jews are, 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 are God's chosen people. Now we have Christ. And we know that Christ is over everything. Jews and Gentiles are all one people. But there is a special rule for the Jews, which we'll get into later, not today, but later, because the Jews have, the prophecies of the Jews is to be foretold later on. But the tribulation is primarily to the Jews. Vesta burned hatred toward the Jews. She took delight in the Jewish children and forced them to perform all kinds of demeaning things. All this can be handed down by tradition, by the sages of the age, the, the history books, not, not family master. But these things are brought down. And like we have a history, they have a history. It was brought down, and Vesta was a vicious, vicious lady. She delighted in tormenting the Jewish children. Well, she was disposed, meaning Vesta was disposed by the king because of uh, she didn't she did disobey him. She had the nerve to disobey him because she was a Nebuchadnezzar's grandchild. I mean, that's powerful. But uh, to most parents, it would be a rare honor and great privilege to have a daughter named Esther. But Mordecai, which is Esther's uncle, 
He was taken in by, because uh, Esther's folks were killed and died. And here's a young girl, beautiful, beautiful beyond the talk. She was married to, uh, she was not married, she was a virgin. She was rounded up by the Persian Empire, along with a bunch of other virgins. She was brought into the uh, palace, and she was to be presented to the king. And the king said, you know, if you approach the king without him being honored to give you that honor, they were killed automatically. So Esther was trained. She was beautified. She was given everything along with, uh, I don't know how many, but there were hundreds of them. Show the king. Because he had to provide another queen for his honor. You know, Vesta was taken out of control because she disobeyed the king. She thought she was something else because of Nebuchadnezzar. And he, and he was the most powerful king at the time, uh, before that time. But everybody delighted in Vesta because she was the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. But anyway, she was disposed of. Get away from me. Turned away. Took her, they took her crown. So they had to find another virgin of, of, of royal blood to present her present to the king. And I bought all the great women that they could find and all the people that they knew and, and all the places and palaces that they went and everywhere they went, they had to find a queen that the king would like. And Esther was chosen. Beautiful Esther. Tradition says that Esther was a woman, a young lady, of... Absolute body beautiful. Her face was beautiful. Her face was like an angel. And her, I don't know how you describe Esther, but uh, some people would say Grace Kelly. Some people would say Marilyn Monroe. It's, it's immaterial because she was a woman of absolute beauty. But more than that, she was beauty on the inside as well as beauty on the outside. And she's presented to the king and the king said, Wow And he took her into his kingdom, into his bedroom, and she became his queen. And here was it. Here was Esther, a Jew. She did not tell him she was a Jew. She did not tell him anything about herself. But she was demanded to come before the king. The king accepted her and took her into his private see of a of his bedroom is a house of it. I mean, he didn't have a hat had everything. But to most parents and the parents of Esther at the time was Mordecai and Mordecai was the ruler of the Jews, but ruler only in essence because the Jews were in subjection to the Persians at that time. And the Persians ruled them, they were the slaves of of Persia and Mordecai and Esther. Mordecai was Esther's uncle. And there she was, a Jewish lady, brought into the great privilege of of the, the king. And she was presented to the king as a tribute to what he wanted. So the story goes along in Esther that Esther 
serve the king. And she came to the king and when he delighted to have her in. And she was could not no one could go to the king directly. If they were caught, if they directly went to the king, and he did not appoint them out as a as a, a person, they were killed automatically. And that's how vicious it was. They had to have an appointment with the king. The king had to appoint them. The king had to invite them. And if they came in uninvited, and presented themselves before the king, and they were not invited, and he did not recognize them, they were automatically killed. And that's where Esther was. So it, it turned out that Esther and Mordecai, Mordecai being her father with, by, by uh, adoption, as Esther was told to go before the king, Esther said, wait a minute, I can't go before the king. I have to be honored. I have to be appointed. I have to be asked. And Mordecai said to her, said, listen, honey, you're Jewish. They don't know you, Jewish, because I asked you not to divulge yourself. I want you to go before the king and ask him to certain things. She said, well, I'll do that on one condition, that you get all the Jewish people around the world, which is the Persian world, around the Persian world, and ask them to fast. Fast and pray for three days, and I'll go before the king, because you understand I'll be killed if I'm not invited. They all agreed. And so for three days, the Jews fasted and they prayed. They said in heaven there was a great triumph because all the prayers of Jews entered upon the, the Holy of Holies, the great essence of God. And God heard it. And Esther, would, Esther said, okay, I'll go, but you must understand that if he doesn't honor me, I'll be killed. They uh, went before the Jews. I mean, the Jews went before Esther. Esther was fasted and prayed upon. She went before the king, and the king saw her. and said, wow, it's been 30 days since I've had you in, but 30 days, I can't believe I did that. But you know, I'm here, and I want you... Uh, Esther, I want you to come with me. And she's able to present herself to the king. And the king said, what do you want, honey? I'll give you, every, I'll give you anything that you want, up to half my kingdom. And there was Esther being the queen. She was honored. And she said, well, you know, do you mind throwing a, let me throw a feast for you and Haman? And he said, well, certainly you can throw a feast. She, he said, well, you can, I'll, I'll, I'll honor you as a feast. I'll give you half my kingdom. I've eaten like my kingdom for you. So kingdom, the uh, feast was arranged. Let me back up a second. In the slavery of the Jews, Mordecai was the king and was the leader of the Jews at that time. As a rabbi, he was known to be the, the the leader of the thing. He had heard by his own ears of the poison, I mean, the, of, of the, the time when the king was to be assassinated by his servants. And after he heard, when he heard this, he went to Esther and he told her about this. And Esther went to the king and said, you know, 
going to do it. So Mordecai was to be hung. He built a he built a, a uh, the the uh, thing that he was to operate upon. He was built up and he built it up. The next day he was going to have Mordecai assassinated because he hated the Jews and Mordecai was the ruler of the Jews. Now remember we're talking about Purim. They cast lots about the Jews. And he found the day that he wanted to be called Purim. And Purim was around the last of winter, the first of spring, around fourteenth uh, of Adar, which is a Jewish a Hebrew Jewish calendar. We just translated about the sixteenth, seventeenth of March. Which is coming up very shortly. And this is when they were going to assassinate the Jews. So, oh, excuse me. So Mordecai, it's clear Mordecai said the day that they were chosen as queen, and that she said that you were, uh, you were appointed a king by God. Uh, I got to be careful about saying that because God orchestrated, but he was not honored by giving his name. And Esther was appointed to be the queen. And Mordecai came to her and said, Remember, you were given this, that you may be service to your people on such a fateful day. Because Haman's scheme was to assassinate all the Jews, every Jew, every child, every woman, every infant. It didn't matter. I want all the Jews killed. So as he devised his scheme together, he went to he went to the king of Persia and he said, I am, you know, the prime minister. You've honored me, and I appreciate you so much. I want you to give me this honor. And so there's a group of people named the Jews that refused to bow before the king, refused to bow before me, refused all your traditions. I want you to annihilate. And he convinced them that he to be annihilated on this day, 16th of March, Oh. And they uh, went before the king, and he said this. And he said, well, okay, I'm not sure what you want to do, but go ahead and do it. So he wrote he wrote an edit, giving up the king's horses to parade before all the people worldwide. And then they went that day, and they said, on the 16th of March, the Jews are to be annihilated. And they gathered all the Jews together, young and old alike, and prayed on the behalf of the the Jews until the pleas reached heaven and God will have mercy. So Esther went before the king, knowing that she'd be killed, that she was not recognized by him. He looked at her, and he saw the look of an angel. He said, honey, what can I do for you? She told him that, well, I want to give you a, I want to give a, a feast, a prayer feast for you and Haman. Haman, he said, yes, Haman, I want to prepare a feast for you and Haman. Well, I don't know why you want Haman, but he's my prime minister, and he's a great man, and he does the good things for, for our kingdom. So fine. So there they were, the next day or whenever it was. And right after that, and she prepared a feast and provided Haman and the king. They were all sitting there, and 
he burned out said, you know, he's the man that's going to kill all the Jews. You know, I'm a Jew myself. And I want you to understand, he, Haman, evil guy, he hates the Jews. He hates everything about the Jews. He's going to kill them all. And he looked at this man and he said, what are you talking about, honey? He said, well, he has a ring. He provided a, a, a contract and he sealed it with your ring. Now remember this, maybe you don't know this, but when a Persian person made a contract and it was sealed, it could not be undone. That's simple. Today we have negotiation and we change things, everything. But the king could not overrule his own self if he made the contract and had to steal. And she said, you know, Haman had this contract, kill all the Jews on the 16th of March, and had it sealed by the ring you gave him. And he was dismayed. And he said, well, I'm going to hang Haman. For what reason? Because I don't like him now. Because you're my queen. I love you. You've been everything to me. And Haman, even though I can't withdraw the, I can't withdraw the contract because it's still. And she said, Mordecai said to her, Mordecai said to Esther, and kind of secrecy, he said to Esther, he said, well, here's what she has to do. And, and Mordecai received uh, an essence of when he wanted to, what he wanted to do. And he allowed, he told, he told the king, not he did, but she did. She told the king, you go hang Haman, I agree with that. But I want you to understand that the Jews can defend themselves on the 6th of March. Not before that time. They ever defended they could not even, they could not have a, a, an orchestra of, of, of service of the king. On that day, the king allowed them to defend themselves. There were thousands and thousands of Haman's followers that were killed that day, and the Jews celebrate this day as Purim. And Purim was inaugurated, and today is found worldwide Purim. On the 16th of March, this year, on the 16th of March, it is to be a time to celebrate. To dress up with all kind of costumes, or the Halloween, my friends. They were drink wine, just have a festival time. They go to do it for two days, the 16th and 17th, and that's Purim, because that's the day that Haven was discovered. Haven was killed. All his children were killed, and the Jews took control of their destiny on the 16th of March, which is the day, I mean, which is the time this year, the things that every year will be. The 14th of Adar, which is the Jewish calendar, and Haman was killed, the king was glorified again, Esther was saved, Mordecai was given prime minister over Haman at that time. Now here was a Jewish leader given the prime minister, second in command to the king. Esther, which is revived, 
and Purim was inaugurated. Today, even worldwide, you'll find that sometime around after the close of women, the start of spring, Purim is inaugurated and celebrated worldwide. That's the essence of God. He was never mentioned in the book of Esther, yet he was there. I just love this story because Esther was a beautiful, I, I can imagine how beautiful she was. I can see how wonderful Mordecai was as he trained Esther to the job she had to perform. And that's called Purim. Today it's a great ceremony for the Jews. And uh, a few days from now, they're going to celebrate Purim. Drink wine, dress up, have a special time to honor God. Folks, that's all I got today. See? Time. Well, I'm not going to keep everybody. It's listening now or listening later. That was wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I knew about Purim, 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 uh, and I appreciate it, uh, but I didn't know it like you told it. So that's a cool story. I like it. <laughs> so uh, that sounds like Hitler, right? And Nate Heyman was like Hitler, wanted to annihilate every <laughs> Jewish person on, uh, in the world, right? However, the Persian world, because that was what they knew at that time. It's like, it's like Stalin, who was a butcher of Jews. Hitler, who was a butcher of Jews. You know, through history, through time, we find people want to annihilate the Jews, but they can't. They're God's chosen people, but not to exceed us as followers of Jesus, because we are belong to Jesus with the bride of Christ, and we are above everything because we are his. But the Jews are a separate group of people that God has chosen them. And they're going through the tribulation. Believe me, I don't want to, I'm glad we're not going to be here at that time. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, like, it's, it's cool. So, yeah, um, uh, great story. Thank you, Dad. And thank you, everyone, listening now or listening to it later. And uh, everybody have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you next week. Next week we'll be back on our daily schedule or our weekly schedule of Friday. <laughs> so Friday at 3 p.m. East Coast time. All right, everybody, take care. Bye, Dad. God bless you. Bye-bye.